Hey, good morning, everybody. So as we get started this morning, uh, I want to uh, ask you a really important question. So what does your family call the prayer before dinner? How many of you, raise your hands, call that prayer grace? All right, we have a few people that call it grace, right? You say, hey, we're going to say grace today, right now, right? Okay, how many of you, anybody call it, um, anybody just call it prayer? Okay, we're going to pray, all right? And how about call it the blessing? The blessing, right? Yes, and uh, that's, that is, is it on the screen? There you go. There's, uh, there's Aunt Bethany. Uh, I know it's a Christmas movie, but it is our tradition in the courthouse uh, my last name is Court. That's why we're the courthouse. Uh, it is my tradition in the courthouse that we, uh, we watch that movie when we decorate for Thanksgiving. So, uh, so for me, it's kind of a Thanksgiving. Or when we decorate for Christmas, we always decorate for Christmas after Thanksgiving. Uh, everyone's around that this weekend coming up, and so uh, all our kids. And so we watch that movie, and so it's a Thanksgiving movie for me. So on Thursdays around the dining room tables across America, uh, families will take a few moments, and they will pause, and they will pray, whatever you call that prayer, whether it's grace or a blessing or a prayer of thanks, whatever you call it, and we will then devour meals, right? That's what we do. Uh, I know one family that uh, they have a Thanksgiving tradition that they go around the table and they, each person has to talk about what they're thankful for from the last year. And their family has grown. They started it when it was just mom and dad and three kids, and now they're onto grand grandbabies and great grandbabies. And so it's a very large family. And so now they have to keep the food in the oven. Because the time around the table of Thanksgiving takes so long. And I just think that's a beautiful tra uh, 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 tradition. We're not going to start that. My family would, would rebel probably. Uh, but uh, I would rebel. Uh, but, but it's a good thing. It's a good habit to have to think about Thanksgiving. So whatever you call it, a grace or a blessing or a prayer, for many it's part of our Thanksgiving tradition. So let me share with you, happy Thanksgiving. Uh, I won't see you on Thursday. Um, I'll see my wife. I won't see the rest of you. I'm, so I want to wish you all a happy Thanksgiving now. Thanksgiving is important, isn't it? Saying thanks is important. It's one of the first things we teach our kids, right? We, our parents, we all say, what do you say? And the response is, at least we hope that it is, right? Uh, I was, uh, this, uh, just, just a few weeks ago was Halloween, and I was on the front porch passing out candy, and I have to preempt that with, I do really don't like passing out candy on Halloween. My wife makes me do it. I'm kind of a Scrooge of Halloween because uh, I feel like, all right, just get candy at home. Like, why do I have to give you candy? Sorry, I'm just a little bit of a Scrooge that way. My wife makes me do it, though, and so I'm a real good at acting like I like it when the kids show up at the door. And so this little one came up, and, and I went onto the porch, and, uh, and I was uh, with the bowl of candy, and Mom said, what do you say? And he said, Trick or treat. Yeah, I think he was in an Iron Man costume. And so I put the bowl down and I said, go ahead, take a couple, because I feel if I get rid of the candy, it ends faster, right? <laughs> then I can say, well, we're out of candy, right? So let's go out to dinner. Uh, and so, so I was like, take some, right? And so he, he reaches in and grabs some candy, a Skittles and something else, and he sticks it in his bucket. And then mom says, what do you say? And he looked at mom and he looked at me and he went, trick or treat, <laughs> right? And then she said, what do you say? He said, 
trick or treat. Eventually, we got to the thank you part. I kind of prompted them, helped them out along. I said, you're very welcome. And they, thank you. Yeah, there it is. What do you say? So what do you say? Trick or treat and thank you, see? But it's important that we teach our kids about thanksgiving, right? About giving thanks, that being thankful is important. And taking a day to recognize what we're thankful for is a really good thing. But I would challenge each of us that living each day with gratitude is an even better thing. It's a God thing. And so I want to talk today about gratitude as a spiritual discipline. And before we do, I want us to pray together and then we'll read some scripture that Paul has for us. Let's pray. So God, I thank you for this time and I pray God that the words of my mouth and the meditations of our heart, God, will be acceptable to you. God, I pray that the words that have been prepared and the thoughts that I have would be your thoughts and your words. God, we, I pray that our hearts and our minds will be open to receiving these things. And God, that we would, we would uh, leave here having been in your presence and our lives will be changed because of that. We thank you for these things and pray them in Jesus' name. Amen. So up on the screen, there's a letter that Paul wrote to the Colossian church, and I believe that it applies to the church here in Mount Laurel as well. And he was saying these things. He said, since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy and kindness and humility and gentleness and patience. He's talking to the Colossian church and the Mount Laurel church about how to live together in community here. He says, make allowance for each other's faults. I love how Paul says that. Make allowance for each other's faults. In other words, be prepared because I'm going to mess up. So make an allowance for that. And I should make an allowance for your faults because, Jim, you're going to mess up. And I should make an allowance for that. Make an allowance for each other's faults. And forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. And then Paul goes on and says, Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. So in September, we did a series that we called Getting Along, and where we looked at how this divisive culture that we live in, that we as the church can live together in community, and that our community and the way that we live can be an attractive alternative to the world's way of living. And then, and then we moved from that series, and that went into October, and then we moved into the next series, which really worked uh, real close, it was closely connected to the previous series. We talked about what it means to be unreligious and that the overall theme there was that there's a way to talk about our faith and there's a, a way to live out our faith that will make it attractive to people in conversation. That really the overall theme of both that series and uh, the series before was really about how to live in love. It really was how to love when someone is difficult to love or how to experience love. And so this scripture that I just read was used throughout those two series. At least if we didn't read it in, 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 in services, it was used in part of the preparation for the messages. And so Paul says, above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. And then he says, and let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts, 
Now, the word peace there, if it were translated literally, it would mean um, uh, let the peace of God be the umpire of your heart. Let the peace of God be the umpire of your heart. In other words, if there's some indecision on what you should do, then let love decide. And ask the question, so what does love require of me? Because when the peace that comes from Christ rules in your heart, for as members of one body you are called to live in peace. So when we were looking at these verses in the previous series, uh, uh, it, it seemed to fit quite well in the series. And then out of nowhere, Paul surprised me with the next verse because it plays into this morning's message. Because there's more to this living in community. And so again, it's up on the screen. And then Paul says this, he said, and always be thankful. It's an adjective. He uses the word as an adjective there. He says, be thankful. Let the message about Christ in all its richness fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom that he gives. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. A noun. And whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus giving Thanks through him to God the Father. And so Paul does something that I've talked about often when reading the Bible. Paul uses repetition. And repetition is a way for someone to get your attention. So when your little ones were in the kitchen and they were headed towards the hot stove, you never just said no. What did you say? No, 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 right? Because repetition is for emphasis. And so Paul here is making some kind of an emphasis. He's saying, be thankful, be thankful, be thankful. There's a reason he's talking about thankfulness. And so I want to talk today about gratitude as a spiritual discipline. Now, thankfulness and being thankful is something that all of us had those feelings, right? There are times where we're grateful for a person, we're grateful for an opportunity, we're grateful for uh, an experience that we just had. And so thankfulness as a, an emotion can be fleeting and it's a feeling that is, can fluctuate, that there are times that we're feeling grateful and there's other times where we're just not feeling as grateful, but thankfulness and gratitude is more than Thanksgiving dinner. It's more than Halloween on the porch or receiving candy on the porch at Halloween. It's more than a feeling. The spiritual discipline of gratitude is an action. It's more than just an experience. It's something that is expressed. It's practiced not just because it feels good, but because it's the right thing to do, not just for our own good, but for the good of one's family, for the good of one's community. I think that's where Paul was going when he ends these verses here, this paragraph to this church. He says, be thankful because it's great for your community when you live in gratitude towards each other. And so this discipline of gratitude is, is in fact not a feeling at all, but it's an attitude to be lived. And so I'm calling this message a gratitude adjustment. How could we have a gratitude adjustment? 
And so I think the practice of finding gratitude is something that we can do in the everyday. And as we practice something every day, it can become part of who we are. Uh, one of the things that I have tried to do is uh, uh, um, I started going to the gym in August. Is that right? I'm looking at my wife. Around August. We started going to the gym, and we decided we're going to go to the gym three times a week and because that was going to that was going to make it worthwhile. And so because just committing to having a gym membership wasn't enough because that just, <laughs> gym membership, big deal, right? Yeah, I got a Netflix too, you know. So, uh, so but it was like, I'm going to go to the gym. We're going to put it in the calendar three times a week we're going to go to the gym. I'm failing miserably. But I know that doing it on a regular basis, a little bit at a time, will eventually turn into a habit. So I started figuring out what was the best machine for me to go on. And so I was on a bike for a while. I think that got boring. I'm not going to ride a bike. I need something that's going to work on my cardio. And I'm like, all right, I'm not going to do a bike. I got a treadmill. That was even more boring. So I'm just not moving. I'm just walking and not going anywhere. Like, this is just foolishness. And then I found, and it took me a while because I used to call it the ellipsoidal machine, which is wrong, the, the elliptical machine. And once I figured that out, I was like, oh, it was great because I only had to do it for like eight minutes and I was exhausted. I was like, this is perfect, right? Eight minutes, right? That wasn't good enough, but I know it was a good start, right? And so I decided that every time I go, I was going to add one minute. Every time, just add one minute every single time. I wasn't worried about the speed, just one minute. And so I'm that guy that's just doing this. Real, just barely getting by, right? Eight minutes, the next time, nine minutes, the next time, 10 minutes. I'm up to 28 minutes now. Yeah, 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 impressive, huh? Yeah, uh-huh, yep, I didn't go at all last week. Uh, yeah. But the practice of finding gratitude is something that we need to practice every day. And every day as we practice it, it becomes part of who we are. It becomes part of our lifestyle, part of, 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 our, of, our, of, our, of, our, of our very character and nature. And so practicing it every day. And so I think gratitude can be considered spiritual discipline. It's something that we can work toward in our lives. Every day we can learn to celebrate who God is that God's a giver, that God is generous, that every time we bow our heads is an opportunity to express gratitude for God's character and that God offers forgiveness and grace and healing in our lives, that every day we can remember that God provides for us, that God made everything and whatever we have, God has given to us and every breath, everything is a gift from God, created by God, and that when we do those things, we begin to see that our heart is redirected and we are taking time to recognize that how blessed we are, is a, it, it's good because we begin to see that each day is a day that God has given us and it's a day of gratitude. It, there becomes this lens of gratitude. But yet, as the video said, sometimes that's hard. Because we live in this broken world, this divided world, this dark world, this fear-filled world. And that there are dark corners of existence. And there are times when we're living in those darkest moments. 
And so how do we have gratitude in those times? How do we express gratitude when there's hard edges and sharp sorrows? I believe that when we are exercising gratitude in those moments, we're taking time to notice the beauty and the joy and the goodness and the truth that is there even in those darkest moments. I remember uh, it was 2015. I was on a mission trip to Cuba. And while we're on that, was it 2000? Yeah. Uh, and while we're on that mission trip, uh, I fell at a construction site into a hole and I broke my back. And I remember coming home for, well, it was before I got home. It was, uh, I didn't want to go to the hospital there. This is kind of a longer story. I'm going to try to tell the briefest version as possible. I didn't want to go to the hospital in Cuba because, well, it was Cuba. And um, we weren't really supposed to be there as a church. And so there was a lot of reasons why I thought it was best to not go to the hospital. And so I went back to our hotel and just um, thought I would get better because that's the other thing that I always think is that, well, just need some time. It'll, it's, just a, it's just a pulled muscle. That was kind of how I kind of thought. And so I remember uh, Jim Spindler in the back there was my roommate at the time. And so I laid in my bed and he would uh, say, do you want to call Kelly? Nope, don't want to call Kelly. Why? Well, I'm in Cuba. I don't want to upset her. And I have my reasons. They are not good reasons. We've discussed this now. If I did it again, I would call Kelly. We know that. We've, we've dealt with that part. Um, and I have grown. <laughs> But I remember laying there, uh, it's happened on a Wednesday, and we were flying home on Saturday, and so I laid there on Thursday, all day, everybody went to the work site, I just laid in the hotel room, staring at the ceiling, watching soccer in Spanish on the TV, it was the only thing that was on the television. And then everyone came home um, from the work site, how you doing? I'm, I'm, I'm good. Does it hurt? Yeah, it still hurts. Can you move? No, I can't move. Okay. And so I remember having the best face, trying to, hey, it was, it was all good, it's all good, it's all good. But deep down, I'm going, God, what did you do? What is going on? Why would you do this? Am I going to survive? Am I going to get home? How am I going to get home? And I remember going into these really dark places on Thursday and Friday, acting like everything was okay. And then there was a moment where I had all the, everything within, within reach, and I had a journal. And um, so I was like, I pulled out the journal, and I'm just reading it like this, and I'm flipping through the things that I had written down. And one of the things that I had written down was, God, help me on this trip to understand your mercy and grace in my life, because I want to understand it better. And I remember just sitting there going, all right, this is a really bad way to learn this. I probably would have preferred a different way to understand this. And it was one of those moments where I was trying to be thankful in those dark, awful times. I would like to say I was really good at it. But all I can say is I did my best at it. Gratitude recognizes that in the dark corners of existence, there is still beauty, there is still joy, there is still goodness, and there is still truth. And typically, it gets overlooked until we choose to look for it. 
So gratitude opens our minds. It, it gives us a new lens to look through. It gives us a more expansive view of reality. It's, it's kind of like if you wear glasses when you get the new pair of glasses and you put them on and you go, oh, wow, I didn't realize all that I was missing. It provides a new look at the reality that we're living in. It's like putting on a new pair of glasses. So I want to give you some real quick, simple ways that you can practice gratitude. I'm going to challenge you that, I'm going to give you five. I'm going to challenge you to maybe do, some of you may already be doing, but one, two, do, just add one or two of these to your life, or maybe if you really want to go add all five, but just, just some simple ways to increase your practice of gratitude as a spiritual discipline. The first one, I'm calling it savor the good. Savor the good. It works like this. As you're brushing your teeth in the morning, just choose to remember one thing that you're grateful for. It may just mean that you have teeth, but something that you're grateful for. Just something to start the day with. God, I'm just looking in the mirror. I am so glad that I have molars. Or God, I am so glad for my family or I have running water. God, I'm so grateful for that. Savor the good. The second one is reframe your world. And for that one, is, it's kinda, it, it kind of fits with the first one. Now, when you lay your head down at night, think of one thing you're grateful for that happened during that day. So now your day is bookended with something you're grateful for when you woke up, something you're grateful for when you went to bed. The third one, if you're someone who loves to journal, uh, journal. Uh, make a note in your phone, maybe. Uh, where you just list things you're thankful for or carry a small journal and begin to list those things. Here's why that's important, because during those times when you're not feeling very grateful, when you're not feeling like you're filled with thanksgiving, when you don't feel like you have gratitude in your life, you can go back and read that list and be reminded of, oh, these are the things that I am thankful for. The fourth one, Randy already mentioned it, thank you notes. Uh, they're in your bulletin. Look at that. You can find one out in the lobby if you didn't get one on the way in the door. Tell someone you're thankful for them. Gratitude is good, but expressing it to others is great. So tell someone why you're grateful for them. A, uh, a fifth one is serve. Choose to give back. Maybe that means volunteering. Maybe that means uh, supporting something or someone through financial gifts. But there are ways for us to serve. And when we do that, it, it just it opens up our eyes to a whole new world. Let me share with you uh, this verse from Philippians. This is Paul wrote to another church, and he wrote this in verse 6. He says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Then he says this. He says, tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. And then there's this little word there, then. And you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything that we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. There's this world that we are in where we have a choice of worry or peace. And Paul says that we can choose the antidote in a sense for worry is thanksgiving. The antidote for worry is thanksgiving. The practice of gratitude, this practice of gratitude 
is an antidote for the worry in our lives. It opens up, reframes, and gives us new eyes to see a world differently than we imagined before. Even in the dark, dark places we may find ourselves. Will you stand with me for closing prayer? So we have a lot to be thankful for. And our thanksgiving can be a grad, it can be, can be, can be, can be a discipline that we work to establish in our hearts and our lives so that we become men and women who our attitude is one of thanksgiving. So that even in the dark places, even in the moments when we're not sure, we can still see glimmers of hope and love and joy and peace throughout our world. Because we are men and women of faith. A Jesus that would choose to give up his throne in heaven so that he can reign in our hearts and our lives forever. That is something to be thankful for and grateful for. And there's a world out there that is desperate to know of that kind of love, that is desperate to know that there's a God that would love them in that way. And they will look at our lives and the way that we choose to live and the way that we choose to uh, uh, experience life. And it can be done in an attractive way that will draw people in and they'll say, how is it that you live this way? And I would pray that our answer would be, it's because of my faith and because of what I believe to be true about God and Jesus. And so God, I pray that it would be true of us this morning. And that you would go out, that as we go out throughout our weeks, that we would as we spend this time, this week of thanksgiving, that, God, we would reflect on all the good that you provided to us. And, God, that we would be thankful. Amen. Have a great day.